This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and ClearPay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week are Tina Amini. Hi, everybody. Sam Claiborne. Hey, everyone. And Justin Davis. Scoop. And we've got a great show for you this week. Uh, we've got new Star Wars games announced from Respawn. And Respawn has just kind of become EA's uh, Star Wars studio. Uh, but someone out there is wondering, one of our listeners in Scoop Nation is wondering now, are there too many movie-based video games out there? Uh, and when you stop to think about it, actually, there are quite a few. So we'll dig into that. But first, Justin has an announcement he'd like to make. <laughs> What's the, what are we talking about? Is it the thing from a second ago? Yeah, yeah the thing you've been talking about. <laughs> we're just going to we're gonna tra- help and hold mm-hmm. you accountable. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I have made the decision and a commitment, really, to play... <laughs> <laughs> to play all 28 Lego games. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting, starting with Lego Star Wars, the complete saga, and then it will complete. Oh, actually, it does interesting. It's like poetry. It rhymes. Um, it'll end with uh, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, which is the good mm-hmm. Lego game coming out in a few months. Okay. So you're skipping it, over. Um, what's happening here? What is happening here? Thanks for vamping, De- Justin. <laughs> Something has just arrived. Right, hold the phone. We're, what, this, what could it be? <laughs> Thank goodness Justin made up that whole intro to buy us some time. <laughs> oh my That's goodness. your out, Justin. We, so delivery could happen. We interrupt this episode of Gamescoop, but delivery has just made uh, to my house more than just a donut. Mochi nuts. Uh, some. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. More than just a donut. Can you see these here? This is some yeah. mochi donuts that were just delivered to my house here. I wonder how that could have happened and who could be. Yeah. Happy birthday, Damon. Responsible. Happy birthday, Thank you guys. Damon. These look awesome. Kim, do you want one? 
We'll have one. We'll have one after we, after the show. We've here. traditionally had birthday donuts, and True. you know you have to arrange that. And you know it's really funny because it's like, oh, you know, are there like, you know, is there a Godzilla donut out there? Well, not yet, <laughs> but at least there's a uh, mochi donut out there. Mm-hmm. I'm putting, I'm gonna try and put them in my shot here. Awesome. Mm-hmm. One of those is churro flavored. So mm. I, can, I see which one yeah. is churro because I can excited. tell the uh, powdered sugar. Guys, thank you so much. You're welcome. You're, yeah, excited. of course. You're welcome. And you Sadly, know no matcha the, flavor, but you know, hopefully, yeah. the rest of the other ones uh, will hold you well, over. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right, yeah. You're the uh, you're the birthday boy, so if you want that churro one, you can have it. It's all yours. <laughs> don't let don't nothing, let anybody stop you. Nothing easy to divide up in section between people, though. Nothing so, makes no for nice. better podcast recording than a mouthful of food while you're speaking into your microphone it's like famously the the thing you do when you're a journal you don't do when you're a radio journalist is yeah. mm-hmm. speak with food in your mouth yeah. well we had the whole like you know what snacks are are good to to eat while you're playing games so this is the solution to what mm-hmm. snacks are good while you're podcasting mm-hmm. that's true They're mochi mm-hmm. donuts. that's true, that's true. Mm-hmm. and then you mentioned the um the godzilla donut justin how is there not a godzilla a lego godzilla game uh, Ooh, yeah. he's just smashing yeah. bricks everywhere right are there Toho sets? <laughs> I don't no, know. that's the thing. Like, it is a miracle of like knowing how lawyers and licensing works that any of these Lego games exist at all. Yeah. Like, they have movie music in them and voice lines Whoa. and like, but and like minifigures and Lego toys. I'm like, how, like how, how do these exist? How do these happen? Um, but yeah, they're limited by like whatever they make actual Lego sets of. So, um, you know, like that would mean actually, actually, whoa. The Lego Mario sets are so popular yeah. these days. Mm, that could be yeah. a hint for an upcoming Lego game. They well, should make a Lego that, Mario game. Yeah, they really Maybe now Mar- that there's um, a live series, uh, ac- um, live action series for Godzilla, maybe they'll make a Lego set for that and we'll they get should. our Lego Godzilla game before you know it. The licensing is probably similar to pinball. Like they, you know, it's, it's always amazing that there's like new Marvel and Star Wars pinball machines. That's really cool. But also a lot of the times they don't use that music and they don't use the clips. Mm-hmm. And that always bugs me. They'll, they'll do some kind of CG package or something like that. And um, yeah, that's it's it, uh, the Lego games when they actually have that stuff. I know people don't like the dialogue sometimes in those games too, because they just want the, the jokes, like the, the yeah. jokes, right? Yeah. But uh, it's still amazing that they, they kind of basically retell those movie stories with all the effects. The new game, Skywalker Saga, it brings back the mumble mode. And so you can toggle on. Is that how like, it works? It's toggleable? Well, that's only that's a new thing. They teased it at the end yeah. of the gameplay trailer from this week or last week that, oh. hey, oh, m- mumble mode is coming back as an option. Oh, that's funny. It's pretty cool. Um, speaking of my birthday, do you guys know what Kim did for me? No. no. On Tuesday night, she hired a private Japanese hibachi chef. Wow. He set up he set up the grill in our backyard and we had a few friends over and we had like our own private Benihana dinner. It was awesome. awesome. Wow. Great thinking on her part. Was was it a surprise or did you know? I, I know I knew. I knew it was happening. I like the idea of it being a surprise and you're like, who is this man? <laughs> Someone shows up uh, in a gigantic Is there a fire in her backyard? Look, I just want to cook for you. I heard it's your birthday. <laughs> There's a man here. <laughs> So, Justin, you're starting with Lego Star Wars Complete Saga from 2007. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. though the first Lego Star Wars was 2005, you just, that you, well, that's, or it's just where you've decided to start. So, the Complete Saga is a compl- like that takes Lego Star Wars 1 and 2 and folds them into one game. It's not like a different thing. It's yeah. the same. It's all the levels and stuff from the first two games put into one. Yeah. Yep. Not, not the first licensed uh, Lego game. That would be Lego Creator Harry <laughs> Potter from 2001. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say. So, one. one 
Yeah. When we're, when we're talking about Lego games, this umbrella, we're talking about Traveler's Tales, right? Like there's other Lego games oh, and creators. Yeah, that and, was about just building or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there's been other sort of like PC Lego games and stuff over the years, but we're just, we're talking about the games yeah. that when people picture Lego games in their mind, that, that kind of adventure puzzle yeah. game. And, and the licensed ones, right? Cause there are a lot of unlicensed just Lego games. Mm, well, the, no, Traveler's Tales only made a couple. They made Lego City Undercover. And I think that's the only one that's unlicensed. Jago would count too. Like yeah, I suppose so. Stuff, anything like that. Yeah. Justin, yeah. 28, 28 of them. What are you going to do when you come to Lego Rock Band? No, that doesn't count. Okay. Skipping I, I'll, I'll share the list. When do you think you'll be old enough to play with Lego Technics in video games? <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're so complicated. Yeah. 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 Ask your parents first. <laughs> and then are you going to try and finish all these before? Uh, Star Wars, the Skywalker saga arrives. Oh, no. I mean, without some accountability buddies in the comments, there's no way I'm sticking with this at all, to be super clear. But like, I'm very pumped up about it right now in this moment. And then we'll see how far that energy will propel me into the future. Okay. Well, of course, do weekly check ins on your progress to keep you honest. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, okay, well, speaking of Star Wars, uh, Respawn announced this week it's now working on three new Star Wars games, including a sequel <clears> to <throat> Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Um, they're also working on an FPS and a strategy game, although no release dates have been offered for any of these. So let's see. New game in the Star Wars Jedi series. Uh, it's it's going to have the same director uh, as, as Fallen Order, who he also did uh, God of War 3 back on PlayStation 3. No secret here. I think we're all big fans of that game. I'd love to get a sequel. And- Without spoiling it, had that game had a crossover with the latest um, Book of Boba Fett series. So, um, well, now I want to know because, well, now I want to know what it is. Let's just say spoilers. Mm-hmm. Okay, what is it? Okay, it was the little bot from. Uh, well, that's right. Droid. That's right. Oh. Yeah, that droid type appeared yeah, in. Yeah, which appeared that in droid this. type was created for JFO. <laughs> How do we have the footage of this? <laughs> Well, I guess that's what we're talking about, Jedi. That was really, really well orchestrated. Anyway, yeah, that was it. Yeah, that's cool. Well, there's also, you know, of course, the way that Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order ended, again, spoilers for anyone who hasn't been yet. When it ended, Cal's going to go off and they're going to go and try to find other Jedi that are in hiding. And I was just thinking that also could dovetail really well into The Mandalorian. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. What, you, and Jedi Fallen Order is right after Jedi, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Just like so, Mandalorian so is, right? Now, because, and I don't need to spoil this stuff, but now because of Mandalorian, we know what Jedi were around then. There's at mm-hmm. least two, I guess, and a half. Two, oh, two and a, a youngling still? Uh, yeah, or, well, or and I don't know whether to count Leia ever. Well, and there's Ahsoka <laughs> and Ezra from That's, Clone Wars. It's like, this, yeah. this is... Oh, like, yeah, well, it's, is Clone Wars... Does it tell the tale that late now so we know that there's more surviving Jedi? No, but I mean, they're bouncing around somewhere, presumably. Like, yeah. I, the Star Wars lore, the, yeah. the extermination of the Jedi is like, I, they, they so badly work. wish. Yeah, it's like, there's, well, it didn't work. And like, there's no putting that genie back in the bottle and it kind of ties their hands from a storytelling perspective. It's like, well, actually, there, was, there were these 36 Jedi that didn't, didn't actually get yeah, got. Yeah, yeah. So, in the sequel, do you want to continue Cal's story or would you like just, you know, another Jedi story following a new Jedi? Oh, I didn't consider that. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I, think he's, I think he's a would. great character. Yeah. I liked him. Yeah. And I just sort of assumed, like, I, I didn't even kind of consider that they might take a different protagonist approach. So I've mm-hmm. been 
banking on that in a way. I wouldn't mind another character because they created this character very uniquely for this storyline. So, you know, mm. obviously they've got the creative chops for it. So I wouldn't mind exploring another character. I know that some I people don't love him, though, from what I understand. I mean, here's here's what I would rather see. I would rather see have Respawn make two new Star Wars games and then make Titanfall 3 with that third team instead. Mm. That's what I would rather but see. But what if they did like a Titanfall-esque one for their FPS? Yeah, for yeah. the shooter. Good call. It'd be a good combo. Yeah. Um, I do. I, I like this renaissance of Star Wars games. I love it. It's really exciting. But I just like Respawn's a really, really talented team. And I, you know, I just lament the uh, the uh, the death of Titanfall. Same. Yeah. Great games. Um, uh, uh, well, for the for the um, question about the protagonist, you do. It is funny because that's a it's a Metroid like game. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's learned all of these skills by the end of it. So. Well, yeah, he's gonna have figure to, out like, a way take to... a bad fall or, <laughs> or some kind of you know Jedi mind trick to <laughs> Sith mind trick to remove all of his skills or something. So yeah. it's always hard to tell the story around that. Sometimes now games do the thing where they like give you like twenty five percent of the skills and just just ignore that you advanced. You know they'll give you like well you're gonna start with double jump now and you can yeah. do a minimal version of all your other skills or something. There's gonna be some sort of crash. He's gonna wake up with amnesia and have to relearn everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Some kind of prison level in the middle of that too, just to strip away all of your equipment you've accrued. Mm-hmm. That's a necessity. Yep. Well, then for this first person shooter, uh, that's going to be led by Peter Hirschman. He was uh, previously VP of development at LucasArts, has a long history, uh, also co-created Medal of Honor. And I think he had a statement where he said he was really inspired by the Dark Forces games. And uh, so I think okay. kind of seems like, I mean, I, I, Justin, did you ever play Dark Forces? I mean, yeah, like back when they were contemporary in the right, 90s. I've never picked them back up since. They were, just, they were great. They were just computer games. I, I wasn't a PC gamer. I, I'm Those still are the Doom era ones? They kind yeah, of they, were, Doom. they were the Doom clones with the okay. really cool sprites. Mm-hmm. So, like a Doom, Doom-type Doom first-person shooter in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I probably wouldn't expect okay. whatever they're making now to be like that. But, um, but he's, you know, he's name-dropping the right stuff. I call first-person shooters Doom-likes, so (laughs) (laughs) it's appropriate. Uh, And then there's this strategy game. It's going to be developed by BitReactor. It's a new studio composed of Firaxis Games veterans. Of course, they're known for XCOM. So um, I guess, yeah, I I guess that would tell us we should probably expect some sort of a turn-based strategy. Maybe, but they did like Dan Stapleton's sort of spidey sense was tingling where they were because Firaxis also makes um, Civ. And so they called it strategy and not tactics. And so it might be sort of like a civilization, like more base building sort of kind of game instead, which personally I would be more excited about. Yeah. I mean, we don't have a ton of details, but they did mention that it would be a blend of strategy and action. That's like the only thing concretely we know. Yeah, they were. That was a weird, weird's not the right word, but like intriguing, um, you know, sort of log line for the game. Mm -hmm. So maybe Halo, Halo Wars is a little bit more action stuff there are some some crossover games like that i was thinking it would be star wars chess too so <laughs> i mean star wars monopoly three <laughs> that game was a bummer there was star a wars star wars monopoly, wars monopoly? I, I, oh yeah i was on cd-rom and my wow. sister got it as for her birthday at some point when she was a little kid and then you know it's just is as, as slow as you imagine monopoly with unskippable <laughs> animations for everything and cd-rom graphics and Star Wars Ugh. Chess was a Sega CD game. Uh, I think it was. I don't or know. Was it 32X? 
Maybe it was both. Actually, I don't know. I don't know if it. I don't know what Sega's presence it had, but it has really, really funny sprite animations. Hmm. Worth looking up. So it's funny. Justin mentioned this Renaissance of Star Wars games, and like there's a lot because there's also um, Ubisoft's Star Wars game, which we don't know hardly anything about. You know, Quantic Dreams has Star Wars Eclipse, and then Aspire is remaking Kotor mm-hmm. for PS5. There's a lot going on in Star Wars gaming. It's pretty cool. But is it too much? Is it too much movie-based video games? Because aside from Star Wars, there's all the Marvel games. Uh, there's an Indiana Jones games in the work works. We've got uh, an email here from Archie in Ireland. And he opens up his email with top of the morning, as is required, <laughs> yes, I think, with anyone yeah. in Ireland. So, Mandatory. So, Crystal Dynamics start, have started making Marvel games. Well, to be fair, they made one Marvel game, and now they're making a perfect dark game. F yeah. Respawn have started making <laughs> Star Wars games. Insomniac has moved on to Spider-Man and Wolverine. Uh, recent Game Awards revealed that Monolith will be making a Wonder Woman game. Quantic Dreams will make, you guessed it, another Star Wars game. Machine Games are making an Indiana Jones game. And IO Interactive are leaving behind Hitman to make a James Bond game. Now, I'm sure all these games will be great in their own ways, but I can't help but feel disappointed that so many developers are leaving behind their history of creative and original content to instead make games based on already existing and long-established movie franchises. I'm a firm believer that games are their own unique medium, that in the right hands can be so much more than movies. I would far rather see these developers create new worlds for me to explore instead of giving me yet another rendition of the same old Star Wars planets I've traversed countless times. I don't know about you, but the most memorable game worlds for me are the ones that are uniquely made just for games. Hyrule, Skyrim, Rapture, Columbia, Lordran. I don't know where which game that last one's from. There's always going to be one or two movie games being developed at any one time, but there seems to be an increasing trend within recent years for developers known for their original work to switch to licensed games. Does this trend worry you or frustrate you in any way? Are you in favor of more and more licensed games? <laughs> Tina? I say, uh, sure. <laughs> I wouldn't say necessarily that I'm in favor of more licensed games, but I'm in favor of more licensed games done well. And I think that's like the one hopeful element to this trajectory is that you have a lot of really prestigious studios working on this stuff. And in the Disney Star Wars landscape, you have so many different kinds of genres of games from different kinds of studios. So that's really cool to me because you can see the spread of the creativity as to how you can apply it to those worlds. And it just kind of shows you how flexible video game as a like video games as a medium is because you can do so much with it. You can take so many different genres and apply them to new characters, old characters, um, old landscapes that we're familiar with. And you can feel like you're kind of living through them. So I think Jedi Fallen Order was a good proof of concept where it's like, okay, I can really, you know, this isn't watering down of a license. This isn't just um, taking the popularity of something and phoning in the development of it um, or the creativity behind it. You know, they really took that. They took a very concerted approach to it, um, a very particular creative vision for it, and it worked out. It was a great game. Lots of people loved it. It won awards. So if that trajectory continues, I'm all in favor of it. Why not? Mm-hmm. And we should probably point out you know, um, Crystal Dynamics, uh, Marvel's Avengers games and Insomniacs, Spider-Man and Miles Morales and upcoming Wolverine, uh, things like that. Those aren't those aren't even really based on movies. Right. True. They're, exactly. They're based They're on like these other properties. Spinoffs and, and yeah, exactly. Extensions that's a great of point. those like, universes. Yeah. I mean, Spider-Man in particular is based off comic books, right? Like it's not it doesn't have any relation to the movies or any shared DNA with it. Yeah. And true. It, it, it's not the same as a developer creating their own world. But I don't know. Do you think it's because, or I guess the first question is, are there actually more video games, <laughs> video game 
wait, video games based on movies being made today than there were 10 or 20 years ago? Yeah, but it's like a sine curve, right? Like it really went down and there was movies were games. There was like a one to one ratio of like if movies are targeted at teens on down, there were games for them, especially in the, uh, you know, I think that peaked in the Game Boy Advance uh, <laughs> PS2 era. I mean, it was just it was unbelievable. Like everything had a shovelware game. And so, you know, like and that's, you know, I, I know that's a pejorative, but it's true. Like there was just a, there was a lot of really bad games based on you know anything on Nickelodeon or anything on Cartoon Network or anything you know in theaters. So that that, that kind of went away, and I I think that was really surprising when I first started covering games. It was like you know like um, uh, Chronicles of Riddick was like a pretty good you know mm-hmm. film adaptation, and that's what was significant about it is that it was a good film adaptation or spinoff or whatever it was for the movies that were out because everything else was generally pretty bad, and you know. We bought them. I bought those Lord of the Rings games and played them because, you know, they looked really good and they were tied into movies I really liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, one one point I wanted to add, though, is that I think that the the writer pointed this out a little bit too, the, the reader, um, that um, sometimes the games are too much of a remix of the movies. And I think Lego plays with that. And I think it's really interestingly, you know, like, like, like it is a remix and they know that and they make mm-hmm. jokes about it and they, you make things look different, but when something is just like have the same experience in game form, like that's mm-hmm. where I'm, I'm not su- super into it. And then in Star Wars, they so <clears throat> retread the same stuff. Um, I think at their peril, you, you, stormtroopers are one thing because they're ubiquitous. But like when a rancor shows up as a boss, like somewhere, it's like I don't know, like come on, like you, this is a galaxy of planets. Like why is why is this monster here? It doesn't make any sense. You know, it makes the universe seem small, as other people have pointed out before. I mean, yeah, it's that's also it. important that it's other developers working on the franchises <clears throat> on this IP for, for Star Wars as an example, because like Telltale was getting so bombed, uh, like bogged down with a lot of like the different franchises they were working on and simultaneously. And it's a, a little bit of the picture of why they went down the path that they did, where, where Telltale, uh, Telltale proper shut down. Eventually, they were mm-hmm. juggling so many of these licenses because they were doing well with them. So I think mm-hmm. like Tales, which Tales from the Borderlands is a little bit different because it's based off of another game. But like Game of Thrones didn't do super well, um, their version of it. And I think at a point of time, you're like overextending your team. You're unable to give it the attention that it deserves to do something like unique and true to the video game form. So it's I think that's a, a particular detail that's worth um, noting in this case, where it's very different studios working on these things and not just pumping mm-hmm. things out on a specific like deadline trajectory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with Sam that this stuff seems to come in waves. Like, I'd be curious to see like a numerical. Like, I'm sure there was more movie-based games in the '90s and 2000s than there are now in terms of total numbers, but their their prominence. Um, yeah, I think what feels different is it's like some of the biggest, most successful, most beloved developers on earth making these games now, exactly. and it used to be sort of like you know, these B tier studios and not to be like harsh, but like, you know, it wasn't the cream of the crop, big AAA developers making these titles. And that's who seems to be sort of tackling these properties. Now, when you have like, you know, a game like guardians of the galaxy, do you think there's an appeal to developers and maybe even more to publishers that when they're making a game based on a movie or an established property, that they're not starting from zero, like when guerrilla games wanted to make horizon uh, zero dawn, like, no one has any idea what that world is of these characters, but if they're making, you know, when Insomniac's going to make Wolverine, you know, you already have an established fan base for Wolverine. Mm-hmm. We know exactly who Wolverine is, what his powers are. You know, 
Yeah, it's the same philosophy behind why we have Call of Duties every year, like just the the iteration on sequel after sequel, because you have that proven fan base and there's that familiarity Mm -hmm. makes complete sense from that perspective. Yep, yeah, there's a market and then there's a crutch for creativity uh, in some cases where it's just like they don't get like I was mentioning already. They just don't you know, have the opportunity to get as creative. And I think that, you know, it's funny. A lot of the games that he mentioned that I thought of, too, they're amalgamations of these other things like Skyrim and Mass Effect specifically. Those are those are just 100 a, percent a, a best of of sci fi and uh, fantasy fiction tropes and mm-hmm. storylines. And all kinds of stuff. And it, it works. And I like it. I think it's a little corny. Uh, by the time you get to the, like the third or fourth game in the series, you're like, okay, now this is the Terminator plot. Okay, now this is the alien plot. Like that happens, you know? And you start noticing them. Um, mm. And so I think it, you know, I, I think Cyberpunk had a little bit of that, although there's not as many options for a world like Cyberpunk as there is Mass Effect. We can go to a planet. It's just like the plot of Ender's Game because there's a spider queen and a bunch of things you can choose to exterminate. I mean, that's just the plot of Ender's Game. You know, like we think of that, like if you haven't read Ender's Game and it's like the coolest thing ever and this is the most creative world, but like that's how those games are composed. So sometimes uh, unique unique new worlds are not as unique and new as I would like. Mm -hmm. And then on the flip side, in the Hollywood world, you have more adaptations of video games into TV shows and movies. So it's interesting because we're seeing that same wave on the other yeah. side of that adaptation too, like the Uncharted movie, the the Last of Us series, the Halo series, like there's even even the Resident uh, Resident Evil movies, like there's just a lot more of an uptick in that category too. So similar to the Chronicles Chronicles of Riddick, that that totally reminds me, Tina, that when I think it was Wreck It Ralph and one other movie came out around then, mm-hmm. and people were like, "This is the first good get video game movie." Mm-hmm. Remember that? That was like wow. a discussion point. So it's yeah. like you can tell that like. Like as as you know, everybody here has mentioned so far, like quality is is something that's really changed. I think it made made this more palatable for mm-hmm. movies and for games. It's yeah, it is interesting that the dialogue has changed in both um, ends of the spectrum for video games based on movies and movies based on video games. Because for decades, the assumption was that licensed video games are mostly trash, and that all these video game movies are trash. In spite of the fact that everyone loves Ducktales on NES and everyone loved Goldeneye <laughs> on Nintendo sixty four, yeah. and yeah. Um, but now, of course, thanks to games like uh, Insomniac's Spider-Man and things like like Mad Max uh, from the last generation, right. mm-hmm. uh, people are starting to expect a little bit more out of games based on movies. And then there's been really good entertainment, maybe not movies yet, but stuff like Castlevania and Arcane mm-hmm. on Netflix mm-hmm. are, are like just really, really great adaptations of video games. So. It's just interesting. Yeah, I mean, quality improving on both Detective sides. Detective Pikachu is pretty good. Yeah, yeah sure, that mm-hmm. one. I yeah. didn't see it, of course. But oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> well, oh. difficult. Um, I, th- I think they're pe- being more thoughtful about like the business leaders and creative leaders are being better about matching the talents of their studio with the right IP. Like you know, when you see Insomniac making a game like Sunset Overdrive, and then you can draw a direct line between that and Spider Man, right? Yep. And so, um, like mm-hmm. playing to their strengths and like. I, you know, I haven't talked to anybody in Insomniac, but they were probably like when the word came down, like, Hey, we're making a Spider-Man game. Like they're probably jazzed, right? Like it's a perfect fit for like what they're good at and what their strengths are. This episode of game scoop is brought to you by Nord VPN. As scoop nation knows your Omega cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called weekend at Bernie's lately, but as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U S that's where Nord VPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. 
And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com gamescoop. One in five Americans has learned a new language on their bucket list, or life backlog, if you will. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Upgrade your personal skill set in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Its tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. I have a trip to Mexico coming up, so I've been using Babbel to brush up on my Spanish. The courses are short and sweet, so I can do one whenever I have a few minutes to spare. And the words and phrases it teaches you are designed for practical, real-world use, like ordering at a restaurant or asking for directions. Babbel can even provide you feedback on your pronunciation with its speech recognition tech. And it's not just for Spanish. Babbel includes 14 different language courses, each backed by a 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for Scoop Nation. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, only for our listeners, at babbel.com gamescoop. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com gamescoop, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com gamescoop. Rules and restrictions may apply. Moving on, this is Lauren from Arkansas. She says, long time, first time. My favorite genre of video games are action-adventure games, and if I want to get even more specific, they would be open-world action-adventure games. For example, my favorite game of all time is Red Dead Redemption 2. However, I really would like to get my feet wet and try a first-person shooter game, but I'm not sure what game would be best to start with as my first dive-in. So here's my question. What first-person shooter do you recommend to someone who has never played a first-person shooter before? Oh, interesting. And so, I thought, well, since she already likes <coughs> open world games, I'm gonna, Tina, I wonder if you're thinking what I'm thinking. Are you thinking That's what I was going to say. Wait, what'd you say? What do you think? Are you thinking Borderlands? That was one of them. There was mm-hmm. Borderlands, especially because of the cooperative aspect to it. I was going to say, yeah. And the RPG element too. Like if you're familiar with other um, gameplay mechanics, there might be some familiarity there that creates like a comfort zone. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. an easier FPS, but yeah, especially if you have co-op players with you. Mm-hmm. What was your other one? Far Cry. Yeah, uh, open world shooter, and it, they're all mm-hmm. so similar. You could kind of just it, you kind of just have to decide what um, setting you want to play in. If you want to play in the jungle, Far Cry Three. You want to play in the Himalaya ish setting, Far Cry Four. If you want to play in rural America, Far Cry Five. And if you want to go to um, a Cuba like environment, go to Far Cry Six. You forgot cave people. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah that would be <laughs> Far Cry Primal. I like that one a lot, but it, it tends to be less popular, so I probably wouldn't steer her towards that. I think Blood Dragon is a good place to start with Far Cry. It's great. Yeah, but I kind of feel like you need to have, uh, you need to be like, um, you have your bearings from Far Cry 3. More yeah. of an OG Far Cry experience. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, I also really like uh, Left 4 Dead because it's just mm. map based play. So you get like, you, you have an environment where you start to get um, really comfortable with the maps. And it's obviously a couple more players working through with you too. So if you're not playing competitively, it's a good experience. Mm-hmm. Justin, do you have one? 
I was going to suggest Halo Infinite. I was going to say that um, too. I don't for the same, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. open world. Um, you know, so if you're used to open world action games, like you know, Halo Infinite is also a first person open world action game. Uh, the multiplayer is also completely free on PC mm-hmm. and on Xbox, so you can download that and engage with that. Um, and it's also like not for nothing, but it's just incredibly well done and really, really, really good too. Yeah. So like yep. that'll that can always help make a good first impression. Mm-hmm. Also, if um, it counts super hot because it's kind of like a puzzle shooter so it's a little bit more simple to get across uh i love 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 super hot uh but i i guess i would hesitate it's just it's it's not gonna like prepare you to play other first person shooter games it's the only yeah it's just like first person shooter light a little bit maybe you could ease it maybe like maybe like skyrim or something like Mm. that's a first person sorty sorty stabby (laughs) fireball-y game yeah. I mean, so is Fallout, and that actually has guns. Yeah. Um, but hardcore. Um, I, I like narrative-driven uh, uh, first-person stuff. That, that, that's the thing that I, I, I would personally recommend to get into just because it has, you know, it draws you into the story, and maybe the shooting it falls into the background. So for those type of games, and, like, you, you all be able to come up with newer versions of these than I'm talking about right now. But I, Metroid Prime is, I think, the best ever made. Um, a lot of people would say Half-Life 2 is, uh, which you can jump into without playing Half-Life 1. It doesn't matter at all. Uh, mm-hmm. Both very fun. And then uh, it doesn't, I guess it doesn't count in some people's minds, but Portal and Portal 2 are just essential. That's they're good first too. person. They, they take skill and shooting and they're puzzle games and they're just wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think everybody should play them. I wish my parents would play Portal. They would love it. <laughs> the new Wii Tennis. Portal. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Portal's really, yeah. really good. You can think about like uh, like walking simulator games that like don't have like time pressure, like shooting mm-hmm. pressure that they put on you, like just continuing on that thread. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's making me want to play some of these games. Right? Uh, how about Bioshock? There's there's one for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah that that good. can be scary as long as you're cool with like Very scary. being stalked, mm-hmm. and as long as you're cool with shadows and distant voices, kind of like a horror first person shooter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool with it. This is Jason in Redlands, California. It says, this March, I'll be leaving to hike the entire Pacific Crest Trail. For anyone who doesn't know, it's a backpacking trail that goes from the Mexico border to the Canada border through California, Oregon, and Washington. I'll be hiking for five months straight. Uh, and I have decided to take some retro gaming with me to play while I camp and on days where I don't do any hiking. So I'll be able to play all the major gaming systems through the Dreamcast era. <laughs> I've always been more of a PC gamer than a console guy, so there are a lot of legendary console games that I've missed over the years and will be playing on this trip, like Metal Gear Solid, Super Mario World, Symphony of the Night, Super Metroid, Final Fantasy VI. I had an NES Game Boy, Nintendo 64, PlayStation 1, and Dreamcast, so I think I have those covered, but I never owned a Super Nintendo, Game Boy Advanced, or any pre-Dreamcast Sega systems. I was hoping you guys could recommend the absolute must-play games on those systems. Uh, as an aside, I don't think I'll be playing any JRPGs uh, aside from Final Fantasy VI. Anything else you guys can recommend would be greatly appreciated. I can't think of anyone I'd rather have helped me plan the gaming side of my journey. This is, you know, the, with the um, conceit of the hike aside, this is a, a question we get a lot. Like, I, you know, I, I missed this system back in the day. What, what games from it should I check out? With the aside of no JRPGs, it's like, dude, I made a list of like 15 <laughs> JRPGs. I guess I'm just tearing this up and throwing it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could suggest the best uh, getting your feet wet JRPG. Like I would suggest Chrono Trigger to somebody because mm-hmm. it's not, it has elements of, of, of other types of games. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, um, I, just, I, I don't even know where to start. Yeah. Well, you'd say, you'd say Super Metroid, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. For <laughs> I would say every Metroid game, starting with Super Metroid, every Mario game, starting with Mario World, and then every Zelda game, starting with Link to the Past, are all, every one of them is accessible. Every version of those on Game Boy Advance, every version of those on Super Nintendo. Uh, for Metroid, they don't, they don't start up till later. They're on Game Boy Advance. Those are all perfect series. Don't miss them. Like if, if I could wipe my brain and go back and play every Zelda since Link to the Past, I, I would. Those are the best games yeah. I've ever played. Oh, but what about your partner? <laughs> you, you have other responsibilities <laughs> in your life. Only you that one quadrant of the brain, that one yeah, gaming knowledge that quadrant. Mm. The, okay. yeah, the mind palace. Oh, yeah. He just wants to that's, delete his internal save file. That's Got right. It. It's a room of the mind palace. That's a good thing. Yeah. You just take the books out and you, you burn them. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Uh, but Sam, you wouldn't recommend starting with Zero Mission? Super Since, Metroid over Zero Mission? No, Zero Mission over Super Metroid. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't skip Super Metroid just because it's you know out there and you can play it. But wouldn't I mean chronologically? Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, play it. Play it in the story order. Sure, those are available now, so you can do that. Yeah. You couldn't do that until Zero Mission came out. So. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people like because they're not RPG people or the games are hard to play without a guide. Like, I, it's not that uncommon to be like, you know, I never played Chrono Trigger, I never played Final Fantasy VI. Like that feels more like. But what's crazier to me is like someone that hasn't played super Mario world yet, or like some of those games where like crazy is not the right word. Cause it's obviously, you know, new kids coming up and reaching adulthood all the time, but like, it's just such a classic and so accessible and still feels so good. And like you pick that game up and play it today or any of those kind of platformers or action games. Um, you know, I'm trying to think about some of the ones that hit GBA too. Um, like you're going to love it. You're going to have such a great time. The castle. Those that. are a good example of GBA. Castle, so. Yeah. Those are a good example. And like, I, I totally get it if someone doesn't want to play some game that's like kind of hard in 2022 to like get your arms around. Um, so platformers are going to be great. Yeah, I'm sorry. Did you mention Super Mario World? He did. I, I just did, did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So make, make sure you get that. Yoshi's one. Island is great. And they, they, you know, the worst Mario game on Wii U or Game Boy Advance or Wii are, is, is, you know, just as good as anything else. And there's those yeah. great GBA versions of, of uh, Super Mario Brothers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really good. You got the coins. I was also going to recommend Tetris Attack. Because <laughs> it's awesome. Specific. I mean, it's like a puzzle game, so you could play it, you know, over and over again. Uh, I mean, I, I think you I, kill a lot of hours of your trip. <clears throat> I would say Advance Wars 1 and 2 on the GBA mm -hmm. are incredible. Fantastic. Now, I've, I've been watching a show that takes place in the wilderness that has a lot of gory deaths, and I just want to make sure that you're safe while you're playing you know, you're you're handheld in the woods. It's okay. There's no, there's no plane flying. It's just hiking. So that's okay. Are you talking about even after the, yeah, even after the plane goes down, they get eaten by everything that can eat you in the Well, forest. that's because they're super isolated in a, you know, distant remote mountain space or wherever they are. I, I want to watch Yellow Jackets. It seems like everyone's watching it, but I'm confused. Did everyone really subscribe to Showtime? <laughs> yeah. For, for one a, month. You can do you can do a free trial, yeah. <laughs> I did. I subscribed to Showtime through Paramount. So then I also like I'm behind a season on Star Trek. So then I'll, I'll try to catch right. I like strategize. Like there's three shows that I could watch over this month and then it makes yeah. it worth the mm -hmm. 15 bucks or whatever. Yeah, Star I Trek did. Um, is really good, by the way. I was keeping up with Dexter New Blood and took advantage yeah. of the, the trial for both of those purposes, too. OK, well, yeah, my wife wants to watch Dexter also. So either we'll do the there trial or we'll just yeah. do a month or whatever. Because I, I need to watch Halo yeah. Jackets, apparently. 
Hey, yes. Damon, I, I saw it advertised on Hulu, so I don't know why it was like, uh, promoted on Hulu. Can you watch it's it? It's a Showtime edition. I did my oh, trial, okay. and then I did like a month or two of a subscription to catch up on some other stuff through okay. Hulu. So yeah, you can just mm-hmm. do it through that. Okay. We're finishing up Ozark right now. Mm. Just still good. Uh, anyway... We- Wait, what's that? We skipped over. Well, sorry, I know you're wrapping up. We we skipped over Sega Genesis, by yeah. the way. I, yeah, I was going to come as back one to that. does. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, like my opinion of the Sonic the Hedgehog games are well documented, but they've earned a place in the gaming pantheon, and you know, like people can they're they're classics that should still be experienced by folks that are playing catch up on gaming history. Yeah, and then there's your Streets of Rages. All three of them. Mm. All three of them are good. Uh, I would recommend Beyond Oasis, which was uh, Sega's was answer to The Legend of Zelda back in the time. And then uh, if you like the uh, Advance Wars games, definitely do go uh, check out Shining Force 1 and 2. They're fantasy turn-based uh, strategy oh, yeah. games on Sega Genesis, and they're fantastic. Shining Force is so good. Yeah, I know. Why doesn't Shining Force come back? Uh, and then, uh, Jason, because you have uh, access to all these retro consoles, do me a favor, and on TurboGrafx-16, I got the Bonk games, Bonk's Adventure <laughs> and Bonk's Revenge are both super clever uh, and fun platformers. And then just grab Splatterhouse, just just for me. Just play through a little bit of Splatterhouse and imagine a 12-year-old Damie just having the time of his life. Mm-hmm. Splatting all those monsters up against the wall. You guys like the idea of going on a hike for five months? No. 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 <laughs> no. I wouldn't go on a hike for over five hours. You know? That's insane. <laughs> I wonder if he's no. going to be by himself. I don't even like camping. I don't like mm-hmm. camping either. Yeah. Want- that's that's the bit. Like, I love hiking, but yeah, if it's a matter of hiking to a pit stop and you camp there, if I'm like hiking to a nice hotel that's comfortable mm-hmm. and warm, yeah. that's a different yeah. story. Yeah. That's he, yeah, like, he's doing on purpose what I would be like. It'd be like a catastrophe. Like, something's <laughs> happened to me <laughs> and now I need to hike. Like, we I'm should be concerned, you're saying, if you ever end up on a five month hike. <laughs> put myself in that situation. Oh. Um, Although I will say, if that's your thing, then I think that maybe enjoying the great outdoors might be so engrossing that maybe you'll forget about video games and not be too interested in them and find another time to play them. That might happen. It's also probably very beautiful going all the way up through California and uh, Washington and Oregon during that time of year would be probably pretty beautiful. Gorgeous. Yeah. Maybe bring a Lord of the Rings with you and read that. That'd be awesome. That sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Damon, okay. there's. I looked it up. There's a iOS and Android remake of Shining Force One, Two, and Shining Force CD oh, weird. coming out this year. Coming out this year. Well, I guess. Man, if it comes to Apple Arcade, I just. <laughs> Ooh. I, I I like refuse to actually just buy iOS games now. Oh, is there a line in the sand? Yeah, I mean, it's just after this birthday. It's just me. It's just me. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's unfair to the developers who, for whatever reason, just didn't get a deal with Apple Arcade. Mm. I'm all maxed out on Zookeeper World, though. I'll tell you that. Nice. All 300 levels. Nothing to, do but, nothing to do but try and go back and get all the gold stars. Yep. They say the they they're adding new levels every month. Is the new the the app description didn't used to say that, and now it does. Nice. Nice. I like to think we're responsible for that. I like to. Think. I hope so. We did it. Nice. Good job, Game Scoop. <laughs> well, that's that brings- a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. stuff. Good job, Game Scoop. Good job, Game Scoop. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do, Scoop. Uh, <laughs> that brings us to Video Game 20 Questions. And, uh, Already. Our, our suggestion this week comes from Patrick. And before we get to the questioning, he has his own questioning. 
Patrick says, long time, first time. My question surrounds the popular 2010s trend, commonly known as the Let's Play, specifically IGN's mm. use of them. A few years ago, Let's Plays seemed to be all the rage on your good site. But I've noticed that that kind of content seems to be a thing of the past. Why is that so many great games I've purchased have been down to you playing them and having a jolly good time doing so? Well, it kind of depends on what you mean as far as Let's Play. Like if it's a start to finish, you know, we're going to go through all the chapters and it's going to be hours long, um, you know, YouTube uploads <laughs> or whatever. We don't we still actually do some of that on an occasional basis. Mm. Um, typically, they're sponsored posts. You'll see like sponsored by presented by labeling when that's the case. But you'll often see um, familiar faces like Brian Altano or Max Scoville in those. But we do do versions of those in the sense of like gameplay. Um, so you might just see them under different headlines or different formats. So we still want to share the gameplay, like what we do with our first 15 minutes or previews or even guides formats um, for like beginner's tips or like everything you should know, um, general gameplay uploads. Uh, we have a new format um, called Devs React to Speedruns. So mm -hmm. we do a lot of the speedrunning stuff. So it's more so the developers having that good old time um, watching somebody who's a specialist in that particular game just kind of burn right through it. Uh, so we do variations on them. They're just a little bit more popular. Um, and if you look at the YouTube numbers, you will see that reflected. So we try yeah. to follow the audience and see like what is the version that's most entertaining, most informative at the same time. And it tends to be these kind of like different formats, these more like evolved formats of that uh, kind of mm -hmm. original Let's Play definition. Yeah, and I think, you know, maybe <clears throat> through our, our, our experiments over the years that maybe just our audience isn't looking for that sort of like really traditional type of Let's Play content from us. They're looking for, you know, more traditional reviews and previews and trailer breakdowns and that sort of thing. I just think, yep. you know, I, I've certainly done my fair share of Let's Plays on the site and, you know, mm -hmm. the, we have a pretty big audience and they don't all turn up to watch the Let's Play. So I think it's just... I think the last one we did was Far Cry 6 a few months ago. Oh, yeah. um, but it's it's also a cut down version. So you're just seeing like the highlights of it. So it's not just a start to finish Let's Play either. Yeah. I'll tell you this. Way back in 2015, Jared Petty and I did three Let's Plays on Factorio. And <laughs> they must be among the lowest viewed <laughs> videos that exist on our YouTube channel. I just try. You can't sort by lowest viewed. But um, they were incredibly unpopular. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. You never know. They could have accrued across the years. That happens sometimes. Well, it has 5,000 views. So <laughs> just look it up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It did um, not accrue across the years. I have plenty of low view Let's Plays that we did. Andrew yeah. Goldfarb and I vowed to get through Earthbound at one point because I never played it. We started <laughs> recording that. Got like three episodes in. We're like, nobody wants to watch this. And I was like, I don't even want to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we did. Um, when I was in charge of features, we did we did the top 125 Nintendo games for Nintendo's 125th anniversary, mm -hmm. and I insisted that we do a let's play for all 125 games. Wow. That's a lot of work. <laughs> and yeah, no, it was a huge mistake. Um, and so we have there's there's let's plays on IGN of like 64 DD. Like I, I am kind of actually glad we have that stuff. Like it's interesting from archival purposes, but yeah. goodness gracious, was it unpopular? Justin, maybe you can do them for your uh, Lego uh, plan for all the Lego games. Yeah, turn it into content. Mm -hmm. Let's play with yeah, Legos. Let's with plays. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I th I think there was like a funny early 
YouTube use case for Let's Plays, which is just like, let's just show people what this game is. And for some reason, we felt compelled to put people on talking over it. And then at some point, I realized, especially for, for the walkthrough or just gameplay, like just show this game version of those, I kept on looking at videos and I was like, please shut up. I don't want to oh, watch God. this video with this person talking over them. And so then I was like, oh, maybe we need to do a lot more just raw gameplay because that serves its own purpose. And that turns out mm-hmm. to be incredibly popular and great mm-hmm. archival stuff because it is the, you know, the naked gameplay on the original system. You know, I, I like, I like having that. So. Like Destin did the um, matrix unreal demo, I think was probably the, the most mm-hmm. recent one. Cause that was December that that released mm-hmm. alongside the movie or just before the movie came out. Um, and he, his is completely silent. He's just playing from start to finish. It's like a 15, 20 minute experience. People didn't know what that thing was. So I think it's useful for our audience. Who's like, I'm hearing things about how incredible this thing looks, but I don't actually know what it's about. And it's mm-hmm. supposed to be a blend of like live action and in-game footage stuff. So it's just a cool resource. Um, and Dustin goes like, you know, through throughout that whole demo, uh, but with no narration on top of it. And I think that's what people want from that experience. Cause they're just like, what is this about? I want to see like what it actually looks like. Am I interested in picking it up myself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as I mentioned, Patrick also provides us with our video game 20 questions answer this week. So with that said, let the questioning begin. Uh. Hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> so he wants to see more Let's Plays. We know that. <laughs> Did this game come out before the year 2000? No. Is this um, a console exclusive? No. Uh-oh. Did this game come out after 2010? Yes. Okay, so fairly modern. Mm-hmm. 360 or up. Mm-hmm. End of the 360 generation and up. Is this an indie game? Yes. Oh, that's really good. Is this a 2D game? Yes. That's five. Was it uh, scored? What received well? Yes. Yoku's Island Express. <laughs> Is it Mark a, of the Ninja? Uh, well, I can wait for somebody else. Go ahead. Uh, is it a um, um, a Metroid like? No. Is it a rogue like? Yes. Okay. Okay. So 2D roguelikes um, that people actually it, like that people actually like there was um, is it, it does it have sequels or are there more than one games in this line? Not yet. Ooh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what has an, what roguelike has an upcoming sequel? Um, <clears throat> so uh, I, these are the roguelikes I know. We got Splunky, <laughs> which just got a sequel. Rogue mm-hmm. Legacy, did that just get a sequel or is that sequel just coming out? Oh, well, for, I think we just had that in 20 Questions not too long ago. The sequel is in early access, I think. I think yeah, Damon doesn't kind of... care if we just had it. He just uh, he won't. That's true. I won't face <laughs> him. Part of the meta now. It'd be good to pick the same game three weeks in a row. <laughs> just to trip us up. And we'd get it, we'd get it, then we wouldn't get it, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we wouldn't have done it again. <laughs> did you have others in mind, Sam? Oh yeah, sorry. Um, uh, what's the um, what's the Rogue Legacy? 
The one I was thinking of was Dead Cells. Dead Cells. But I didn't, yeah. yeah. Was a sequel announced for that? I didn't. Or maybe Damon's just being cagey because it was well received or who knows what. No, mm-hmm. no. He, he would um, only say it if it was like incoming. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't. I think the sequel thing's going to trip me up. I kind of just want to know more. Should we so do two, like. Should we ask about release? Like, was it the 360 generation or the current generation? Or the, I guess, the middle generation? Yes. Yeah, Mike, yeah, we can. How many questions do we have left, Damon? 11. A lot. Okay, cool. Was, th- was this released in the 360 generation? No. The Xbox 360? No. That's 10. All right. The, the current generation? Was it, wait. Was it released? No, it wouldn't be. Let me take that back because there's no way it would because <laughs> it's way too new. Is this, what about, is it helpful to know if this game's on the Switch? Switch, yeah. That's helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is this game on the Switch? Yes. Okay, what what is an, an, anything else that narrows down Dead Cells? I know it's like I, I, all my questions are like roguelike questions. It's like I can't. <laughs> that game's ultra violent, right? Yeah. You use a sword or guns. Yeah, you switch around between different weapons, right? I don't know. I played that game a lot, and my like visual memory of it is just moving around very fast. Are you a, are you a like a vampire or undead or something in it? I don't know what you are. You keep coming back. Well, that's a roguelike. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> um, uh, there's also Hades. That's not 3D, right? I wouldn't. I mean, I don't know. 2D. It's we've had this question. I would not consider that a 2D game, even though it has hand drawn art. Personally, is this a 2D side scrolling game? Yes. It's probably Dead Cells. Yeah, I think so. But I can't I don't I don't know like who developed it. Are you <laughs> are you some sort of undead creature in Dead Cells? I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember. I played that game for like 20 hours. It's all gone. Yeah, I haven't played it and I don't remember from descriptions and gameplay and all that stuff. Does this game have pixel art? No. Oh, it's not Dead Cells. <laughs> All oh, 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 oh. You got us there. <laughs> what, what did I screw up by just like can Hades just be called a side scroller? No, definitely not. So it's a different that's actually really like so it's not, So it's a 2D side scrolling roguelike that's on the Switch that and has uh, an announced sequel. And no yeah, pixel well, art. So, I mean, it could still be Rogue Legacy because that game didn't have pixel art. That had hand-drawn art, right? Yeah. Is this game set in medieval times? Yes. Okay. Do you do you play as your ancestors each time you die and come back? Mm, we're going to go with no, and that's 15. <laughs> wait, wait. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> but that's what you do in Rogue Legacy. Oh no! Also, that's from the 360 era, I think. So, let you know, oh. that one out. Good point. Oops. I don't know. I, I, it might be something I'm not very familiar with. Uh, oh, I, I already know. I'm going to be mad. Yeah. Like, was there a this, ninja one? What's this loop hero? Does that oh. count? Oh, that's good. I wouldn't consider that side scrolling, though. I'd consider it top down. Oh. Yep. And and also that game has pixel art, so never mind. Mm-hmm. What other kind of art? I mean, I guess it's just like cartoony or something. <laughs> yeah. Wait, and it and it and it was medieval times set, so 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So it's so it's not even it's not even like Splunky Two or some sort of yeah. Um, armor swords. I guess we can so, go with the uh, yeah weapon types. Does that help narrow it down? Only if it has so many damn weapons in it that we can't narrow mm-hmm. it down. Oh, do you play as a human in this game? Yes. Weird. Mm. Um, and it was on Switch. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bet this game is on my Switch. I know that's the, that's mm-hmm. the thing. It's like it sounds like a great game. <laughs> can't wait to play this game. Do we? Do, do I wonder? Is it helpful to know if IGN reviewed it? <laughs> I bet we did. Since you guys are a little bit in trouble, I, I can confirm that there is a meta at play here. Mm. What? What? <laughs> well, it can't have anything to do with the hiking question, right? Because that's too far back in time. Mm. Star Wars? Oh. Is there a 2D indie Star Wars? That couldn't be. <laughs> I love it, though. Bitchin'. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, uh, hey, uh, more and more developers are, are working on these. Is, is this a licensed game? No. <laughs> what else did we talk about this episode? It's already gone. I know. Um, hiking. <laughs> Star Wars hiking. Let's place. Yeah. I don't think we talked about anything else. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's a birthday so- game. <laughs> yeah. When I, when I, so Damon wants to play. Yeah. It's Spelunky. Spelunky too. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I'm not sure where to go with this. I mean, we could just throw some questions out to see if we can get it because we know it's a human, so it's like. It, with the, I'm trying to think. Is there anything that? Is there any reason it can't be Spelunky too? Yeah, because it's not set in medieval times. Oh, that's true. Darn it. Oh, um, how about, it has shotguns. <laughs> yeah, is there magic in this game? Yes. Hmm. You have a question and a guess. I don't have it. It's gone. I don't know. Have we Enemy mentioned the game? I do not think you've mentioned the game. <laughs> and that brings us to the oh. guess. Oh, uh, boy. Or I could reveal it. I don't think we have a good guess. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. The meta, Patrick, this is one of Patrick's favorite games, and he discovered this game after Justin and I did a Let's Play for it. Mm -hmm. Oh. Ultra meta. And it is Darkest Dungeon. Uh, Wow. Good one. 2D, side-scrolling, medieval, roguelike. Hey. <laughs> Playing as your ancestors, Justin, is what tripped me up because you are supposed to be an ancestor of mm. this like town. But yeah. You're not the one who's dying and coming back every time. It's the people that you hire that you send out. I would I feel like we are all picturing an action game. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So, so we could we could have asked, like, does this have platforming in it? 
Yeah, there's a bunch of the games we were talking about. We would have eliminated Dead Cells that way. Okay, that's the that's the post mort. There's I kept picturing yeah. jumping around, <laughs> jumping around. Games. Can you can you jump? <laughs> there you go. Is there jumping? It's got well, what, we we've officially lost a streak at this point. A 2022 yeah. streak, certainly. 2022 streak, yeah. And also, those 20 questions added a lot to your uh, yeah. your 1,000 question tally. Yeah. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> let's. Uh, let's she just gave up midway. <laughs> let's fix it in post we'll fix it in post i have have no memory of doing that let's play by the way yeah (laughs) that's how that's how content works for for you all of us but speaking of dead cells that's what i've been playing lately because they just uh released some a a new big chunk of dlc and it had been a couple years since i played it so i just started a completely new save file started from zero again and i love it so much i think it's one of my favorite games of all time so good nice what's the sequel situation for darkest dungeon it's announced and i think it might be in early access actually it is in early access and it was not incredibly well received unfortunately but the developer is being really responsive to the community and you know taking that feedback to heart and Mm -hmm. the first one was so good that i have faith that they'll you know they'll get it into a good place Yeah. yeah i agree with that uh before we go can anyone share what they've been playing recently Mm, I already did. Can't remember if I'm allowed to or not. No, right. I don't think so. And Am then, I not? Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, Next not time. quite yet. And then, um, good TV though. Peacekeeper is really fun. Yellow Jacks. I need to watch. I need to watch Peacekeeper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, then I think I'm gonna try the churro one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this thing. Looks- I think the coffee one's really good too. Surprisingly. The best things about these donuts are you can almost like treat them like take and bakes too, or not take and bakes mm-hmm. like the pull apart. Things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If I'm you want to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Vicariously through this donut right now. Seriously. Mm. Oh, I think there's a lot of like mochi experimentation going on right now. And I think like mochi donuts are great. If you have them near you, you should give them a try. They're generally really, really awesome. But also, this has been around for a while, but I, a few times recently at like Itsakaya type restaurants, well, not super recently because it's inaccessible right now, um, I've had like savory types of mochi and I love it. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had it with you, Damon, actually, when we went to Walu. Wait, what's Walu? Is that what it was called? The rock and roll? Halu. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah Walu is the type of fish. Yeah, yeah we have like a savory <laughs> on a skewer uh, mochi there. It's awesome. Feels like a lifetime ago. Well, there's a, a two-year-old that's playing on the other side of this door that I'm about to blow his mind with these donuts. So thank <laughs> you again for all those. That's all the scoops that we have for you this week. Thank you to Tina, Sam, and Justin. Thank you to Alan working behind the scenes to make this episode possible. My name is Damon. This is IGN GameScoop. We're out.
Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.